Shut up and sit down. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the show. This is episode 91 of the Quiet Part Loud podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm your host. Great to be here. Second show of the week, which is fantastic. I didn't think we were going to get to do a second episode, but it is Friday evening and we've managed to free up a little bit of time. And uh, and I thought, why not with all the news and announcements that have been going on today? Well, one real big thing, which we kind of saw coming and spoke about on the last episode, but actually took effect today. It didn't take effect, but was announced today uh, that Theresa May was resigning as the prime minister. Again, we, we saw this coming. Uh, it was originally going to be the 6th, but obviously the EU elections were yesterday. So she stayed on overnight and then announced her resignation <clears throat> or that she would be resigning this morning. And it's it's just kind of, it's just me. It's typical me I, I, because we talk about her failings as a PM and the lack of movement she's been able to make politically across all sectors because, you know, her premiership has been consumed by Brexit. Other than that, she hasn't done really anything since being PM. And if you look back at her, you know, her long political career, there's a lot of, there's a lot of negatives on that resume. But me being me, when she started to tear up at the end of her speech, I kind of felt bad for her. And despite my better judgment and knowing her history and her CV and her lack of ability as a leader to get anything done, including, you know, dragging us through this mess of Brexit, uh, I still kind of felt a little bit sad for her when she was getting broken, you know, when she was choking up and, and, and kind of crying. And I felt the same way when I saw the picture in the paper yesterday of her, you know, with uh, with tears in her eyes. I can only imagine how stressful the process has been. Not only because she's, you know, the second female PM in our country's history, which again provides its own unique challenges in a political landscape that is full of old white men, but people vying for her to be out of the job and trying to replace her, you know, undermining her. She didn't have an easy go of it. She didn't have an easy go of it. And she was thrust into the Brexit problem. But she definitely didn't do anything constructive with it. And I think she delayed things way too long in terms of, you know, talking to the other side and really engaging with them properly. But I just think a totally ineffective leader, frail, awkward, and, you know, that was endearing to some people, I suppose, but I found it weak and I found it non-present rather than authoritative or someone who could be the, you know, the, the, the the figurehead of our country you know i know the queen is obviously the figurehead but the you know she's the public she's the leader of the country for fuck's sakes um just not the type of character you would envision leading a country and she didn't really lead this country because as i just finished saying she didn't really do anything and 
as Home Secretary, she had the Windrush scandal and, excuse me, and, you know, if you look at it now, more people are, you know, on assisted food uh, provisions and, you know, there's a lot of negative stats around Theresa May and the, and the quote unquote legacy, legacy that she's leaving. But despite all that, when she started crying, I, I, I started getting like sad and emotional. But one of the things that I wanted to talk about as an aside to this, because it's a consequence of this resignation and is something that we all have to take a stark look at in terms of how we're going to proceed. So once she retires, she's going to be gone, uh, re retires, resigns. Uh, she's going to be gone on the 7th of June, which is, which is weird, right? Because she's going to host Trump on his state visit and will continue to pretend like she is PM until, you know, well, what's that, like two weeks? So she's got like four night left in office and she's going to have to host this idiot coming over here who none of us want anyways, who we're paying for. And he knows that she's got zero decision-making ability, even when she's in power. But now that she's retired, she's completely useless. So who's he going to meet with when he's over here? Because there's no point in him spending any, you know, any time with her. She's going to have four days left in the job when he flies out. So is he going to meet with Boris Johnson again, who is tipped by the bookies to bring us back? <clears throat> bring us back? I don't even know why I said that. Uh, he's the bookies' favorite to become the next leader of the conservative party, which is what happens now. The The party is in a vacuum and there will be multiple people vying for that leadership position, including Jeremy Hunt and, as I said, Boris Johnson and Michael Gove will probably go in. I think there's about 13 people, men and women, uh, who will be putting their putting their name in the hat, as it were. I think it has, we have to be very, very careful. I mean, I'm not a Tory voter anyways if I'm going to put my political... Um, identity out there for a second. I, I can't I can't get behind a party that thinks like they do. Um, they they have nothing for me. I thought Labour did at one point, but they don't either, which has affected my vote in the EU elections, which were yesterday. But with this power vacuum, you know, a number of candidates are going to put their hat in the ring and the problem is this will not be an election. So the people and the Tory support supporters will not choose the next leader of the Conservative Party. It will be a select committee of senior Tory members that choose who they want. But what will have to happen, or what will potentially happen, is they'll call, you know, they might call for a general election because they won't have a majority. They'll basically just step into Theresa May's shoes. But then, as the Labour Party have already been calling for a general election, and as whoever the leader of the Conservative Party becomes, will maybe want to ratify some power or try their hand at things. Either way, they're getting thrust into the same job that Theresa May just uh, removed herself from, just quit from. They're going to have the same fragmented uh, Conservative Party. They're going to still have the same upward battle uh, in dealing with Labour, the voice of the country, the feelings, the sentiments around Brexit they're still going to have the same 
issues with the EU leadership and negotiating the customs union and the backstop and so on. So they're not coming into a pleasant situation. What you would think is that potentially a general election would be on the table. Jeremy Corbyn has already called for it, and we'll see what happens in terms of you know how that all plays out. But I think again, if this is an if this is more of a selected leader of the Tory party rather than an elected elected um, member of the party, I think a general election is only fair because the people will not have chosen who is now in charge of the country. And if that turns out to be somebody like Boris Johnson, who is matter-of-factly under, uh, he is um, currently being prosecuted for misconduct in public office due to the lies he told to bring about Brexit, right? You remember the slogans, we've talked about it before, you remember the slogans on the side of the bus, the 350 million a week that's coming back to the, back to the UK when we leave Brexit for the NHS, which was only to be told to admit it to be a complete lie the very next morning by Nigel Farage on Good Morning TV. Not only have you got now Nigel Farage most likely going to be the one representing us in Europe while we still figure out this clusterfuck of Brexit, but we're going to potentially have the other main proponent of the lies told about Brexit, who's currently under prosecution for those lies, potentially leading the country. Now, if you don't see the irony in, in all of this, then I don't, I don't know what to tell you. But you couldn't get a bigger shit show if you tried. Boris Johnson leading the country, but not by an election win, by taking over the reins from a woman who was handed this because David Cameron decided to call for the referendum. I mean, it's preposterous. And you've got Nigel Farage going to be sitting over there in Europe, bitching and moaning with his big mouth about how we're going to be leaving this thing as soon as possible and, you know, whatever other rhetoric he's got to, sp to spew out. Um, but I just think it's, you know... Fiction isn't this funny. It's hilarious to me in a way, but but in a but in a in a in a way that's sad. This is the dysfunction in our political system at the moment. A woman who didn't who who didn't uh, get elected to the job, and when she did go through the election, lost the majority that she currently had that she had, only to take her entire time as PM drudging through a mess that her now successor or most likely successor has instigated. I mean, either Boris Johnson, I mean, if Boris Johnson has manufactured this and becomes PM, he is a very, very, I mean, we already know he's a very savvy guy and a very smart guy, but I mean, the political maneuvering to get that set up, can, it cannot be by skill. He couldn't even get a hostage released from my, uh, from uh, from the Middle East. How could he do this sort of political maneuvering? But you never know. Maybe I'm underestimating him. Underester? Underestimating him um, significantly. But it's worth talking about, right? Because 
we're going to have the two guys who told the most lies about this about this separation from the EU now in charge of the process going forward. I mean, it's worked out perfectly for them, I suppose. So maybe it is savvy political maneuvering. And maybe I was just completely blind to the fact that this was the scheme all along. Or perhaps I knew it and I can't remember saying it. I don't know. But either way, it's pretty. It's uh, it's worked out pretty well for them. Um, I just think, if nothing else, as we've called for before uh, in the past, we need a new face to politics. We need young, motivated, politically hungry people. Maybe politically hungry is the wrong word politically uh, minded, but socially motivated people step up and really get involved. You know, it, it kind of takes me to my next point about that I want to talk about today, which is this climate change uh, protest that is happening globally today that has been spearheaded by the 16-year-old girl Greta Thunberg, who we've spoken about on the show previously. She's a little 16-year-old uh, Dutch girl or German girl with Asperger's uh, and just, uh, you know, kind of a quiet-spoken girl. But, you know, she says some really poignant things and she says them in a way that's, that's easy for everybody to, di to digest. And she's really spearheading this movement, which is freedom, like Freedom Fridays or I can't remember exactly what the hashtag is, but it's Freedom Fridays or something like that. And... She's encouraging students to boycott school, walk out, do walkouts um, across the world to protest for politicians in those regions to take urgent action on climate change. And I think this is fantastic. I, I really do. I think this is movement. This is the type of effort we need to make significant change. And anybody that doesn't get on board with this now better not run for political office in the next, you know, whenever. As of This is basically the last time anybody gets to run who doesn't take climate change as an urgent matter and a national security matter and one that deserves the attention right up front of any manifesto. This is, in my opinion, this is the last or perhaps second last. I think it's the last personally that any political candidate will be able to run for national office without having climate change at the top of that list. Look at the people around the world right now who are protesting this climate change. There are adults, of course, that are with these kids, but it is children. It is children that in the next three years, four years, a great many of these kids are going to be voters. They're going to be voting age. And they're going to look for candidates who have a history of taking care of this or looking at this problem or trying to address this problem with real solutions. They're going to go and do their history. They're going to look back and say, is there some old hat or some, you know, kind of sophomore hat here that's running for political office or running for re-election that doesn't have a history of climate change um, acceptance and action? Have they been a climate change denier or have they sat on the fence with this issue? And if they have, the many, many, many kids that are currently out of school now protesting this will be able to cast their vote. And there is not a single one of them that is going to put their vote towards somebody who doesn't support 
their greatest concern. Because that is their greatest concern right now. They're worried about the plastic in the ocean, the rising temperatures, the melting ice, the rising seawaters. They're worried about this. They're worried about the decimation of wildlife and environments and habitats around the world. They're worried about this. They're worried about the more extreme weather patterns that they're seeing and what that's going to do to refugee migration numbers across the world and how they're going to be impacted financially. You know, when we're old and they're looking after us and they're dealt a hand that they didn't ask for, but that we did nothing to help with. And I mentioned this on the show previous that you know, single-use plastic straws are not the problem here. And maybe that was a bit of an, a simplification and, and a bit of an, you know, bit of a, a rudimentary way of saying it. But I just, I just think the onus needs to go on these bigger corporations more and more and more. And I think what the kids are doing with their protests across the world, we've got 112 countries or something like that participating in this you know, 1,500 different locations, something like that, um, and thousands upon thousands of students. Groups from 10 deep to 10,000 deep. It's, it's incredible to see. So any of the political candidates that are, you know, currently running for office, you better get in now if you're one of these people who is ultra-conservative and, you know, doesn't have doesn't have climate change as a massive priority because they will not they'll walk away from you they'll walk away from you so good luck with that but i just hope we don't go and put boris john i mean none of these people are good none of these people are good candidates for us jeremy hunt i don't even know i mean it's just so bleak the political landscape is so bleak and the personalities are so rotten and so divisive, and so for themselves, obviously for themselves, it is it is hard to stomach, it is hard to watch, and the trepidation of, of what comes next, and the fact that we've got some, I mean, she couldn't do it, she couldn't make any headway with Brexit whatsoever, because it's a failed option, it, the whole thing is a failed option, it was, it was, it was decided upon by the people with information that was predicated on lies. It's, in my opinion, it's a nil and void election. It's a nil and void decision, and to run it back would only be smart. I don't understand what Brexiteers are worried about. Like, if they think that the country's with them, right, that's always the thing. We got to do what the people voted for. We got to do what the people voted for. Okay, cool. But some of those people recognize that they were lied to. And they might want to do over as well. So is it democracy to carry out a result based on a lie? Or is it true democracy to run it back when you identify a flaw in the system that was run? I'm just asking. But I think we need a general election because for someone like Boris Johnson or one of the, like Jacob Rees-Mogg, I mean, come on. Come on. This is who's going to be the face of our country to the world? Jacob Rees-Mogg? Have you heard this man talk? Is he intelligent? Of course he is. Of course he is. I'm not taking anything away from his intellect. I'm taking things in terms of his character. 
in terms of his character. He is a pompous, stuck-up asshole. If you listen to any sound bites of him, any interviews with him, he doesn't have a kind bone in his body. Check him for a pulse. This is not the type of person we want leading the fifth biggest economy in the world through such a trepidatious time. But then the question returns, well, if not him, who? If not Boris, who? And the answer to that is, I don't know. I don't know. The political options are so limited. But I, I just think we need to run an election back. Now that there's going to be new leadership, we need to run an election back. And in terms of Brexit, run a second vote back. Because if this isn't a dysfunctional process, I don't know what is. So that's where we are with things. And... Some good, some not so good, but I'm encouraged by these protests. I'm so encouraged by these protests. You know, me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little bit older now, and this is the stuff that makes me say, God damn it, I wish I was young again. You know, because truly I don't. Truly I don't. I, I don't. I wouldn't want to be a teenager in this day and age. Um, I'm quite happy <laughs> being me. But when I see this sort of movement, this is this is good stuff. And this is the action that needs to be taken. So, you know, kudos to everybody out there that's skipping school on a Friday. <laughs> um, it's it's good work. And if you keep the pressure on, you will you will invoke change because the penny will drop on these motherfuckers and, and they will understand that you are their votes in the years to come. And they need to listen to you seriously and just not write you off as children that don't know anything. That's the scapegoat way out, man. That's that's uh, that's the easy out these guys would love to do. What the kids know about climate change. How many scientific papers have they read? Well, how many scientific papers have you read? But the scientists who have overwhelmingly agree that we've got a massive part to play in what our climate is doing now and how we can potentially stop the inevitable, you know? But we won't. We won't. Not unless these kids are listened to. Not unless something is really enacted. So support them where you can. Because it's a worthy cause and it will benefit us all now and them certainly in the long run. And, and that's ultimately what we need to be thinking about. How can we leave this place better than we found it? Which currently we are not doing. So those are their you know, the kind of the major events that were happening this Friday. Um, but I think it, it was hilarious. I saw on TV the other, uh, yesterday that, um, so the, for anybody that's not in the UK right now, there's a grocery store uh, chain over here called Sainsbury's, and it's been around for 150 years. So it's as old as our subway system, right? So it's pretty old. Um and so they celebrated 150 years as a company this week or this month or this year. I don't know what they're doing. But there was something going on where I saw a video and it was the queen. And she was um, at like the first store or the main store or some store of Sainsbury's. And they were showing her a self-checkout for the first time. And her little face looked like she was stuck in the matrix it was fucking hilarious. I mean, 
it was people try to say, oh, you know, the queen watches this show and, you know, she tries to stay in touch. She is not. The queen is so at it. I mean, bless her, she's 100 years old. But, you know, you figured somebody would have showed her this thing. But, you know, that's a, I guess that's a queen being a queen, right? How, how, why would she know about self-checkouts? Why would she know about self-serve checkouts? She, she does not do her own groceries, right? Not a fucking chance. One of the helpers goes down to Fortnum and Mason's and, and picks up some bits for her, I'm sure. But I just thought it was funny, her cute little old face just staring at the guy, telling her what this thing is. And her, to give her credit, she did have a quick kind of savvy response. Well, it wasn't quick. It took about three and a half minutes for her to get the thought out. But she said, you can't cheat. Because they were explaining to her how the scale where you have to put your groceries as you scan them weighs the food so it can tell, right? So if you try to put two croissants and only claim one, it'll 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 sense the weight difference on that and call you out on it, right? Not that I've ever tried to do that or anything, just saying I, I've heard about it. Yeah. Um, she was like, oh, so you can't cheat, right? That's she, she, So basically she got it straight away. I just thought it was really funny um, to see that, but... Yeah, out of touch. But on the other hand, you know, the newer generation, they are in touch, right? Because, you know, uh, Kate had a garden at the Chelsea Flower Show. And, well, wouldn't you know it? She won an award. I mean, how transparent are these guys, right? How obvious are these people? In their aristocratic circles. It's so hilarious and so obvious. And this... You know, not to take it back to politics again, but this elitist bullshit has to end. This is this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. It's just transparent how corrupt and how how much bullshit is in our upper class elitist system in this country and how it needs to be brought down a peg or two. And we have to say that just because you went to this school and just because your daddy knew this person and just because you're connected three generations deep to, you know, some baron or some earl that you get a fucking leg up on the rest of us. And get to roll in circles and basically get, you know, uh, earmarked for these positions. If you just don't fuck up, you'll end up being PM one day, son. You know, because your granddaddy was a count or was a was a baron, and you know, your daddy's an earl or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, not to bring it back, but it's just it's so transparent. It's really really obvious, and it's gross. It's gross. And that's why I'm calling for this new face of politics to stand up and be recognized. We need an AOC in this country. I don't, like I've said before, I don't agree with everything that she says, but at least she's saying some stuff that fucking matters. At least she's calling out these corrupt corporations. At least she's calling out these warmongers. At least she's calling out the establishment that looks a lot in America like it does in Britain. So I applaud her for doing that. And we need the same thing over here. I'm just waiting to see somebody. But it's harder to get into politics in Britain because they're so goddamn boring. But I try. Try to stay up on it. But I just know that we've got a job to do right now. And that is to ensure that if the person that facilitated... All of these lies, and again, who is currently under prosecution for those lies that got us into this Brexit mess, 
is allowed to lead the, lead the Tory party, that we do not, we demand a general election. We demand that our officials are chosen by us. And if they can't run back a majority, then so be it. But he cannot just step into place after all the stuff that he has done over the past three years, Brexit and otherwise, and just get to roll into the top spot. And I know that may mean putting another incompetent, one lesser known with not so funny hair. But we have to take, anybody that's voting Tory here, you have to take a hard look at who your leader is going to be. And for the rest of us, you better demand a general election. And why not, while you're at it, demand a second vote for this European mess that we have gotten ourselves into. Now, I'm not saying that the EU is perfect, and I'm not saying the current EU is how it's going to look in 10 years. What I'm saying is we have the power as the fifth largest economy in the world, a global powerhouse, you know, friendly with America, blah, blah, blah. We know our position on the globe, on the global scale. We understand, some of us do, that you can roll into the EU and you can start to make demands, but you have to be a part of it because look how they will freeze you out and make your life difficult if you're outside of it. And is that a reason alone to be a part of it? No, no. But we have the power to influence the decision-making on the inside, from the inside. And we cannot do that with a guy like Nigel Farage, which inevitably, you know, in, I guess now is going to be too late. I haven't checked the latest results of the polls because I've been offline for a little while. But um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back on in a bit, check out what's going on. But for all intents and purposes, that's probably what is going to happen. So you've got the two spearheads that were lying their asses off the entire time we were going through this Brexit uh, consideration in the lead up to the referendum. They were spouting bullshit and certain people swallowed it enough to make it so. And I think we all deserve a do-over. Now that the light has been shined on the bullshit, we can turn around and say no. Not only do we not want this based on the actual information of how it's going to go, but we already know that you're not in a position to negotiate this kind of um, separation. Because the last three years proved that. And if you're going to put another Tory leader involved uh, in charge of the Brexit negotiations in their current form, but this time it's the guy that did all the lying about it, You've got to be kidding me. This is folly. This is, this is, this is, this is, I don't know. This is, this is self-immolation. This is, this is fucking crazy. So I hope everybody out there that's listening has a good hard think about what's going to happen in the next little while. Um, keeps their eye on this because as, as I've said before, if you're not paying attention to politics, what are you doing with your life? Because this affects us all. If you're not paying attention to these climate change protests, what are you doing? You like the sunshine? I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. But you won't like it if it gets a half a degree hotter. Because that's just going to be unbearable. Because that doesn't just mean that, oh, it goes from 38 to 39 degrees Celsius on a fucking sweltering hot day in the summer. No, no, no. It means the global temperature goes up by that degree, which has a run-on impact of multiples to how the climate that we feel is affected. It's going to be a lot hotter. 
it's going to be a lot worse. So we have to stand up and pay attention to these things. These are not distant problems anymore. The, you know, the next leadership of the Tory party, that is not a distant problem. The, 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 the wondering about Theresa May quitting and leaving us in, in purgatory even more so with the Brexit problem. You know, these are problems now. These are things that are happening now. Climate change and the damage to the environment is happening now. And we all need to pay attention to it. And I hope we do. And I hope we do because we can influence change. We're the power. We're the power. There are nothing without us. And as soon as we understand that, we can, car we can start to call shots to say, no, 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 no. You have to do this. This is not optional. Because if you don't do it, you don't have a job because we're the ones that give it to you. We have to make our demands known. And if that demand, as it is from the younger people around the world, is about climate change, they have to listen. We just have to make the right points and we have to make them often and loud enough. And if we do that, then we will make change. So I'm speaking on this tip because... For the past couple of weeks, I've had something going on with my throat. When it's when I swallow, it feels like I've got swollen glands, but only on one side, and it was kind of affecting my throat. <clears throat> it wasn't painful. It was just a dull annoyance that was there. And so after about a week, I went to the doctor, but I had to register with a new doctor um, because I don't have one. I don't, I don't go to the doctor unless I'm on death's door, and the doctor I had previously is in another practice that is outside of where I currently live. So anyways, long story short, I re-registered. That took a week, and I had to make another appointment to see the nurse to get registered You know, through, I guess, part two of the registration process. Um, so that took another week or so, so did that. Then I've been trying to make a, uh, an actual appointment with the doctor. That's taken me a couple of weeks. And all the while, I've had this kind of annoyance. And as something, you feel something for, you know, an extended period of time, you start to awfulize it. You start to make it a bigger problem than it is, than it is or potentially could be. And I was, you know, I start to go, I start to, you know, go inside my own head. Is this fucking throat cancer? Is that, you know, what's the deal here? Am I dying? You know, I'm getting anxious about it. And that's not me. Because like I said, I have to be on death's door before I go and, you know, put myself through the, the medical system. I don't like hospitals. I don't like getting treatment. It's just something a lot of people have. But, you know, I, I just, I just stay away from the places because I feel worse once I'm in there. Um, but I figured, well, it's better to know than not know. And if something is wrong, then better to get it sorted earlier rather than later, right? Sooner rather than later. Attack the problem. So anyways, I had my doctor's appointment this morning. And I went in there and I was a little anxious, never met the doctor before. He was a really nice guy. And I got a resounding all clear. Everything was fine. He said, it's probably stress. He said, you probably need to rest more. I told him, you know, sort of my schedule. He said probably uh, some extra sleep might help. So I'm going to take that on board. As I've talked about in many shows, you know, the schedule I run is one of uh, quite high pace. And I definitely don't sleep enough. So that's something I have to take on board, um, which I will. But getting the all clear from the doctor is, is uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty special feeling, <laughs> I have to say. You know, because it's just like, well, he'll know. He'll know if, like, he feels around my neck and he feels something untoward, he, he's going to say, hey, 
That's not supposed to be there. But he checked all my glands. He checked under my arms. He checked my stomach. He checked my uh, like the glands in my 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 groin and that, that sort of thing. Maybe he was just trying to touch my dick. Um, but he he basically gave me a once over, and said absolutely nothing. You can't, can't find anything. Um, so. If it persists, give it a few weeks. If it's still there, you can have a blood test. We can run a little deeper investigation, but you'll probably notice that it's just going to go away. So, fantastic news, and that's what I was. That's what I was hoping for. You know, that's what didn't want the other thing. I didn't want anything bad, obviously. Um, but it was just it was one of those things I was worried a little bit unnecessarily for, and probably stressed myself out and made it more pronounced, and, and probably started messing with my brain. And you know, the brain is a funny thing. You know, it can really, it can really play tricks on you. And having this sign off just made me feel great. It just made me feel great. So along with all the good works uh, that have been happening in the gym recently, I've stepped up my training program, um, really, really getting into it and feeling a lot better. I was clearly exhausting myself far too much and not having the strength to, uh, not having the time to recover and therefore suffering the losses of strength on days where I was working out, you know, back to back to back. This is a, a little bit different. I'm giving myself a break in between my work days, uh, which seems to be having a, a pretty good effect over the first week. And we're going to continue this. Phase one is a four-week phase, and then we'll move into something slightly more intense. But that coupled with the fact that the weather's clearing up and now I've got an all clear from the doctor. I mean, things are great, right? Things are great. And I know we go doom and gloom sometimes on the show, but it's really not about that. It's just about exposing issues that I feel need to be addressed. So I hope you guys don't take it as a negative. I hope you see it for what it is, which is awareness and a call to action. Um, because that's really what this is about. It's about holding power to account. I've always said it from, you know, from day one. This is about accountability. This is about calling people out and uh, and making them fess and making them own up to the things that they've said, the things that they've done, the, 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 the policies that they try to put in place, the, you know, the way they think about social issues and, and everything like that. And if you're not up to scratch as a politician, then you can fucking beat it, you know? So we need to call these people out. We need to be the change that we want to see. Isn't that the quote from Gandhi? Be the change you want you want to see in the world. <clears throat> you know, in other words, be the example. You know, set the example. So that's what this is about. But everything is is going great. I'm 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 working out. I'm feeling fantastic. I've been lifting some heavy weight that I haven't done in a long time, which is absolutely just got me buzzing so you know the shoulders are broadening and the back's getting stronger everything's feeling and, and and looking better every week so we're going to keep that going um because you know the the nice weather's right around the corner it's time to spend days in the park you know and i i don't do all this work so i can walk around and not get a tan right so i want to be shirtless as much as possible i hope the weather agrees and uh, and that's what we do the work for guys so we can be ready all right. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. You're just always ready. And that's and that's what it's like. That's what it's like. That's the lifestyle. Be ready always. So things are good. So things are good. And uh, and, and I think we're going to we're probably going to post up there and, and call it a week. 
Um, it's a bank holiday weekend, so if you guys are going away, drive safe. I'm sure as of right now, the roads are probably hectic. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to get a chance to go away this bank holiday weekend, but we will be doing stuff locally, maybe take some day trips, who knows. But um, I hope you guys have a great bank holiday weekend, and uh, we will be back next week. Uh, so this is show 91. God, I can't believe we're almost at 100. I am doing my best to get episode 100 as an interview, our first uh, interview uh, on the show. I'm trying to work it out. It is proving difficult, not only with my schedule, but with other folks' schedules as well. But we are working on that. And again, it's just me here, right? So I say we, but I'm trying to I'm trying to pull these things together. So I'll do my best. Uh, we're we're almost at a hundred. Going to be there before we know it. And uh, if I can bring you the guests that I really want to bring you, then you know you guys will get it. And uh, and I think that might start a different dynamic to the show, which would be great. Um, but anyways, until then, right? Until then. So have a great bank holiday weekend. Enjoy the sunshine. Be safe. Love each other. And uh, in, in terms of the show, guys, we're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Get us where you get podcasts, right? Um, give us feedback, like, rate. All that stuff helps. Um, and we'd love to hear from you on our Twitter feed as well, which, again, we're being way more active with now. So come and talk to us over there. That's at Quiet Part Loud. And, uh, and we'll speak to you soon. But yeah, have a great bank holiday weekend. I'm checking out. My name's Daryl. I'm the host of this thing called the Quiet Part Loud podcast. And uh, until next time, guys, all the best.